You're listening to the PKJ and Yahweh podcast, where I take the supernatural world around us, connect it to complicated biblical theology, and then try and make it simple for everyone to gain revelation. If you're new to this podcast and would like more information, please go follow me on Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. And now time for another episode from our apologetic series. Hey, PKJ here. Going to hop all right on into our topic of is karma a biblical concept for today's apologetic topic. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you really get a good perspective of what it is we have to say. You know, growing up, you often hear, perhaps if you really think like me, parents who say, oh, you know, I just hope and pray someday you'll have a child just like you, you know, and they're they're hoping that, you know, what we exposed our parents to by the trauma and the uh, attitudes and behaviors that eventually we'll have to parent through that as well. <laughs> but I mean, in some ways I get it, you know, terrible twos, terrific threes. I don't know what you call them, but we, we do have some of those realities of, of just what we walk through that are phases and seasons of life from the struggle uh, from, you know, adolescence to adulthood or, or, you know, prepubescence into, uh, the young years, right? And so there, there's a level of that that we just experience naturally. But to have that picture of like, are we wishing some sort of what comes around goes around? Kind of a you get what you deserve mentality? Well, we're going to take a quick look here into karma, really. And what does the Bible have to say about it? Now, what the pe- what a lot of people utilize to defend karma, saying it's, uh, yeah, it is a biblical concept. You know what? I mean, the Bible even talks about it. If you take a look at Mark 4.24, it says, Consider carefully what you hear. He continued, With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Sounds like karma, doesn't it? It's the law of sowing and reaping. Buddhists reference the Holy Spirit, uh, and, and, the, and the Bible itself, sorry, more so just the Holy Bible, and Jesus' own words, as you read in Mark 4.24. But you see, we need to realize that it's by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. So, I mean, it's it's understanding this perspective of like, wow, hmm, that sounds like karma. I guess, could that be karma? A lot of A lot of people will try and tell you it is. Let's go a little bit deeper in what the Word says. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Open that guy up. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Hmm. Whoever sows to please the fle- their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not be weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Huh. For one who sows to his flesh from the flesh, he will reap corruption. Hmm. But the one who sows the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Uh, sounds, sounds like what a man sows who also reaps. Sounds a lot like karma, maybe. Let's take a little bit further, okay? You get what's coming to you, right? It, it, isn't that just like sin, honestly? When we've sinned and we know we've done wrong, shame, guilt... Not again. I hate myself. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep reacting that way? Why do I keep choosing to be angry? Why did I cuss out my mom? Why did I look at that thing online again? I I promised God I'd never do it again. I promised God I'd never lose my temper again. 
You see, sin is death. It eats you up. Sin destroys you. Let's take a look at the golden rule. Many of us have heard it called that. Matthew 6, 12 through 14 goes on to say, And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I'm going to emphasize real quick, verse 12 there, it says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law of the prophets. Interesting. Perhaps perhaps this whole idea of karma is just a matter of semantics. Maybe in Eastern mysticism or, or other other religions, it's it's karma. And in our religion of God, it's Bud- it's it's uh, not Buddhism. Uh, it's you know sowing and reaping, uh, the golden rule. But you know, tomato tomato. Not so sure though. Doesn't settle right. I hope it doesn't settle right with you either. If it does, or if it doesn't, hang on for the next little bit here. We're gonna get through little more of why you see sowing and reaping the golden rule karma it's not semantics perhaps you've heard of the phrase of double speak or new speak uh you know there there there's there's this perspective this these words that were developed and utilized in an old novel from night called 1984 by george orwell it's definitely not a you know Christian novel by any means, but there's some interesting concepts in it, depending on which side of the map you fall on, whether extreme liberals, liberalism or you know conservatism, like people find pieces to argue their stance on it both sides. But let me give you an example here. As I talk with students all the time, think about this. PS5, you got this kid who all is inviting his neighbor over, new kid, you know, Billy invites him to his house to play with his PS5. And and it's no, 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 no. Finally, he comes over and he's like, all right, I'm going to play the PS5. And the kid's like, sweet, thanks. They go over and they hop into his backyard. And then the kid busts out his muck boots, starts up a lawnmower, and starts plowing that lawnmower over, over like giant dog poop piles. Okay? Wow. Yeah, I said dog poop. And we're talking about the gospel here. Bear with me. This kid is like, man, and he's having fun. And he's like, these piles are exploding. It stinks. And the kid that came over to play with him is like, what is this? I thought I was coming over to play with this PS5. And next thing you know, mom calls him in. He's like, "Ah, okay, I got to go. Hey, maybe we can play with my PS5 later. And story happens week after week after week. Finally, he has this strange perspective of, of understanding something. You see, we come to a reality that this kid's worldview, this kid's understanding is he's never seen a computer game. He's never seen a gaming system at all. His concept of PS5 was this power stroke five horsepower lawnmower that he lo- that he uses to run over his Great Danes landmines in the backyard and laugh at the dis- disgusting explosion and scent of yuck, <laughs> right? It's kind of a weird story, but you see one person's perspective we place expectations upon what we understand through our worldview. So we can't just place our worldview on top of another worldview. It, it, it doesn't work. So let's look here for a second. When we read this quote, the ministry of peace concerns itself with war. The ministry of truth 
with lies, the ministry of love with torture, the ministry of plenty with starvation. These are contradictions and not accidental, nor do they nor do they result from ordinary hypocrisy. They are deliberate exercises in doublethink. George Orwell. You see, doublethink, the acceptance of a acceptance of or mental capacity to accept contrary opinions or beliefs at the same time, especially as the result of political indoctrination. <sighs> Karma. Golden rule. They're the same thing, right? No big deal. <laughs> All right, Pastor Kevin, it's just words. Get over it. Sheesh. Sheesh. Wow, that's going to date this podcast. But let's take another look at um, another book by George, uh, 1984. It says, um, if you control the language, you control the argument. If you control the argument, you control the information. If you control the information, you control history. If you control history, you control the past. He who controls the past controls the future. You see, my Bible tells me in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Since you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of God, I will also forget your children. Don't you see that the whole aim of Newspeak is to narrow the range of thought? And in the end, we shall make a thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. Wow. Interesting. You see, equally applying Western worldviews on top of Eastern worldviews gives you Coke bottle glasses. Okay? That's how, you you know, the old school, you take the bottoms of the Coke bottles and you put them on frames and everything's blurry and out of focus. That's what happens when you try to apply Eastern worldviews over Western worldviews. I'm not saying that Western worldviews are right and Easterns are wrong. In fact, I think Western has a lot to, you know, make right with the Eastern beginnings of christianity you know that we've kind of monopolized on but that's for another time but ultimately it's not a matter of semantics is the reality though the world would like you to think that it's far far bigger the world would also like you to think that it's racist and discriminatory to understand a culture and respect it without somehow incorporating it into its own you see the work of egalitarian ah man that word is so hard egalitarianism yeah whatever i'm i'm kind of a theologian but i'm working on it okay egal egalitarianism and multiculturalism do not lead to the affirmation of all that is unique and glorious in masculinity or femininity or in the various cultures of africa asia latin america and the middle east but rather to the collapsing of all the distinctions in favor of marxist identity politics that reduce people to their race, class, or gender without imbuing them with any kind of essential worth. Okay, okay, so what is karma? And why is it the same thing? Or why is it not the same thing as sowing and reaping or the golden rule? Help me understand. Uh, Thanks for asking. I'm going to, and we'll handle it real quick. You see, a Hindu term... Uh, the Hindu term, the, this Hindu term refers to the idea that we have many past lives during the course of which each past life we do wrong and incur a moral debt called karma. We build up bad and we build up bad, but can contribute good to outweigh pay off old bad karma. Eventually reach a good place where you no longer have bad karma to pay. Then you escape death and rebirth cycle reincarnation known as samsara, where the death 
<clears throat> where the death and the individual then passes their energy into another entity. This cycle is considered to be dukkha. It's a great word that literally is, means unsatisfactory and painful. The cycle stops only if liberation is actually achieved and by uh, through insight and the extinguishing of craving. Literally, you want nothing, right? Though you maybe have nothing, you want nothing. When you did evil in a previous life, you must endure that same evil against you in a future life. So your soul can work off the debt through suffering until you learn the lesson. You choose your next life as well. When you die in the spirit, you are choosing and selecting which of these wicked acts from your previous life in which you have yet to pay off. And based off of your own spirit's infinite wisdom, almost like a game character select, you know, if you're a video gamer uh, scene, you assign them to your next life and the life you're about to step into. Wow. So those with this worldview then comprehend that the problems they face now are because they owe a debt for some terrible thing they did many lives ago. And the sooner you learn your lesson and achieve perspective and compassion, the sooner the debt will be paid off in full and your next incarnation will have the ability to remove it from the list of debts you have to pay and you can select another. Wow. During this, they are attempting to pay off debts, but they also are possibly incurring new debts. So you got to be careful. Say I was wicked, womanizer, adulterer, even a murderer or a rapist in some past life in 700 AD. I know I must endure that same agony over and over until I achieve perspective. You see, there's, there's something really wicked about that. Uh, man, I'm going to continue on. I don't want to get stuck on this. We'll come back to it. The issue on moral ethic, okay? It's India's caste system, which they discredited sometime in the 80s, I believe, but it's still very active right now in, in the culture. And it's the caste system divides Hindus into four main categories, Brahmins, Kashtiras, uh, uh, Vishyas, and Shudras. Many believe that the group originated from Brahma, the Hindu god of creation. The caste system really uh you don't want to interrupt you will delay their ascension don't stop that lady from being raped or she must endure it life after life because she's paying a debt she owes as that she paid someone else as a man in a past life what goes around comes around totally not it and it's garbage and it's still garbage <laughs> like totally Eastern principles invading Western civilizations and don't mesh well with Greco-Roman and Judeo-fundamentals. They just don't. Like Christian yoga, you got to get that out of here. Like, it doesn't work, and that's a whole other topic. But you can't just put one people group over another people group to make some one-world people group. We are unique, and we're beautiful because we're unique. Okay, even, uh, you know, it's not not a general good versus bad. It's really sinister, you guys. Even if it was eye for eye, it becomes acceptable to have no hope. Finally, the last state of karma is Moshe. It takes thousands of incarnations. Belief in their eliteness is affirmed by the masses and not transferable. A works-based system of salvation and destroying atonement. 
It's all about vibes, you know, raise your good, raise your vibration, a grocery list, balance chakra. There's no freedom in that ideology, in that ideology. So Colossians 2.14 says this about it. Having canceled the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us. Come on, ends it right here which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. There is judgment to come, and we will pay. However, what you do in this life will not catch up to you. There's no promise that the wicked will pay on earth for their wrong. Take a look at Ecclesiastes 8, verses 10 through 13. I'm going to read it for you right now because you probably won't pop back over and look at it, you know. If you're, if you're like me, it's better just to read it. Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place and were praised. In the city they had laid, they had done such, uh, such things. This also is vanity because the sentence against evil an evil deed is not executed speedily. The heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God, because they fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked, neither will he prolong his days like a shadow, because he does not fear before God. You see, there's no promise that our bad doings are going to catch up to us. There's no promise that what what bad we did is going to come back around and get bad dealt to us. Same with the good we did, right? There, There isn't. It sows and reaps to the flesh will reap destruction. Galatians 6, 8. Spiritually and naturally, you will incur consequences, but not this wickedness of karma where like you, you deserve it. Yeah, we all deserve sin and punishment, you know, but if you cheat on your wife, it won't go well with you, period. Cheat on a test. Just might get caught, but you might not. But eventually, you, you're probably not going to do so well because, you know, you cheat on the test. You didn't learn, so you're going to build a habit of not learning. That's not karma. That's just simply not developing the skills you need to be a successful person. And goes on saying to the third and fourth generation, Deuteronomy 5.10, you shall bow, you shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God is a jealous to God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations for those who love me and keep my commandments. Turn to me and I'll restore to you. That's it. Turn to me. I'll restore you. Oh, so, so the karma, you know, cause my parents were alcoholics. Now I'm an alcoholic. No, the Bible says, turn to me and I will restore you. Come on. Karma is no peace in life. No peace in a life of suffering. The fear of the Lord is life, you guys, according to Proverbs 19.23. Living in that, living in fear that you did something bad and the universe was making sure you'll pay for it eventually, watch out, that's wicked. But living in fear of God brings life. The other one brings anxiety, brings shame, brings the abused battered spouse syndrome, Stockholm syndrome. Christians wouldn't trade the gospel for karma, but... Sorry, my phone started ringing. Christians wouldn't trade the gospel for karma, but the reality is you could, it could become part of someone's uh, life and they could, and, and could tell of their view of God, right? It totally, totally manipulates it. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, now I'm blending Eastern mysticism with, with God. 
but it totally neglects God's providence and his sovereignty. Either you believe he paid in full or you don't. The gospel isn't just for the unsaved, it's for Christians too. Paul resolved to know nothing but Christ and him crucified it crucified first corinthians 2 2 before uh sorry but he bore your sin bruised for your iniquity striped for your healing first peter 1 24 it is finished on the cross john 19 30 do we really understand the gospel or are we just floating around without any biblical solid uh foundation of the gospel holding on to dualism in our walk with god two completely opposing and contrasting concepts where either your old life will catch up with you or it was crucified on the cross two thousand years ago tell me which is it which is it honestly you see believing in buddhism produces a life of judgment pain abuse shame and ultimately death even though it's spun off as one of zen peace tranquility nothingness you know what to get to that enlightened phase according to them is going to cost you thousands and thousands of lives and countless thousands of years before you can finally reach a point of i don't need anything i'm at one you see believing in christianity and, kar- christianity and karma strips the grace of god from our lives and deceives the believer into a works-based salvation in so doing adding to the message of the cross Jesus is good, but, you know, karma is also a bit of a mm, issue. Revelation twenty-two eighteen through 19, I testify to everyone who hears the word of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him plagues, which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. You see, the death and the plagues you are inviting is because you uh, sorry the death and the plagues you are inviting is because you call on the name of the lord and you bend your knee to baal man foreign gods other gods dead dumb idols deuteronomy 5 we obey what we worship and we worship what we follow so you know it's the new iPhone. It's coming out. Boom. New Xbox. Order it. New YouTube video. First comment, right? New sermon from the pastor. Uh, don't even tap the notification to finish reading the topic. Cool, you may think, right? Let's be honest. You are what you worship, and, and evil is an opposition to God's word, God's law, and God's plan for your life to give you hope in a future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. So are you feeling hopeful today? Are you eager for tomorrow? identifying what you're believing will expose who you are worshiping so let's wrap this up is karma biblical no karma is wicked karma is evil if the bible if the bible and sin or judgment of sin were likened unto karma then christ would be is to be mocked and his work on the cross is to be pitied and forgotten at best nullifying the atonement of yeshua making not only john three sixteen useless but our faith in yahweh that for salvation and deliverance from evil through christ nothing more than a wicked deception believing in the word of god and karma is spitting on the cross of jesus finally there is only one you can believe christ died once for all colossians 2 8 through 15 marita it says see that no one takes you captive by philosophy empty deceit according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world karma buddhism hinduism atheism and much more 
and not according to Christ. For in him the fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head and rule and authority. In him you also were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh, Uh, by putting off the body of flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, come on, baptism, so big, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Verse 13, check this out. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of, of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over, by triumphing over them in him. Wow. Come on. So if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to their regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish or are used up, according to human precepts or teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism, severe asceticism, which is severe self-discipline and avoidance of all forms of indulgency, typically for religious reasons, and severity to the body. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Colossians 3, 1, 4, 1 through 4 goes on to say, um, and 12 through 17 goes on to say, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, that you uh, set your minds on things that are above, not on things of the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put on then as God's chosen holy as God's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience bearing with one another and if a and if uh, if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive and above all these put on love which binds together everything together in perfect harmony verse 15 and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body, and and be thankful. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, songs, uh, singing uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness uh, in your heart towards God. In verse 17, and whatever you do, listen in this, in word or deed, I do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Not thanks to, oh, thank God I was nice to that one lady one time. Oh, thank thank God I paid my tithes and now and now someone gave me money. No, like, come on. It's all thanks to God. We must reject the lie. It's not synonymous. It's not semantics. It's sin and separation from true freedom in Christ. So let me ask you this. Is karma a biblical concept? I think not. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be checking in with you again soon. Please join us uh, as we go through all the topics of the apologetics uh, question. If you want more information about it, be sure to stay tuned so you can get access to every single new episode that drops, as well as we will be releasing the messages that we have shared off of these and the message notes if you'd like access to those. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Thanks. Have a good day.
Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information about the show, Kevin's work, or you have questions or would like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me directly on my Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.